thing one two what up everybody it is your boy ak back on the airwaves with ak cause and ruckus number das hon das ki kariye aaj da schedule ki hai mitra dasso ji how's everybody feeling in the international globe ladies and gentle corona ne rona ne sara kuch kharab hi karta hon kai jande wave to on laga let me tell you ladies and gentle it's a second wave of bullshit so get ready and go dore khollo because uh, people are going to be uh, in need of food and uh, lots of support in the coming months as they already are feeling some ways covid 19 hun ta covid 20 bhi hon lagga me lagda right I thought this was just a two-week flex. Honky ho gal. Turns out the world is actually controlled by a sinister cult whose only agenda is to depopulate the human race, get us chipped, and eradicate the ones going against the narrative. Where do you sit, ladies and gentlemen? Are you going to be a warrior, stand up for the truth, and fight to your last breath? Or Netflix and just chill, right? <laughs> Internet 2.0 is just around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. I can assure you that. Virtual reality, 5G, oh boy. But first, oh first. We gonna need a thoda ja chip pauna toade vich. You want the new tech? Koi gal nahi. No, but seriously, guys, what's more believable that there's a killer airborne virus and uh, mother earth's air got poisoned by the chinese eating bat soup <laughs> oh god what's more believable that or the fact that they've been spraying your goddamn air water food and god knows what else for the last few decades i don't know uh, i'd go with the latter Weren't germs needed for a kid's immune system to adapt and grow? Ajkal, that's a bad thing. Now we should be spraying their hands with uh, chemicals and everything in sight. Hmm. Everything just makes sense. Don't question the narrative. Put on your mask, shut up, and keep it moving. Isn't COVID a respiratory illness? Uh, where some motherfuckers are even having a hard time to breathe, being put on ventilators and shit. So what's the solution? Hmm. Putting on a mask, allowing less oxygen, and having you breathe in your own carbon monoxide. That should be the fucking solution. I think that's kida scientist ya jinne aa solution think kita. Oh my god, give him the Nobel Peace Prize, man. That's it. Six feet apart, ladies and gentlemen. Six feet apart, you fucking humans! Don't make me snitch that you're getting too close and using your goddamn superpowers with each other and trying to conspire, trying to gather people for a peaceful assembly, are you? Six feet apart, ladies and gentlemen. Why didn't they just make it six point six 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 feet? I don't know. Everything's so strange. AK causing ruckus. एपिसोड नंबर 10 हुन दस अज दा प्रोग्राम की आ मैं दसदा 
I hope you guys have been jamming out to the uh, past couple of episodes. Uh, I've been getting really, really good feedback about uh, the last two episodes where I compiled a bunch of my favorite Punjabi artists and uh, some of the, you know, the rap uh, tracks that I've been bumping on my playlist. So I went back to back uh, for the last two episodes, two hours there that you guys can go check out of just dope artists that I've been uh, jamming out to. And uh, if you guys got any suggestions or you think I left anybody out of the list, hit me up and uh, throw them my way. That way I can throw them into the next show because uh, it seems to be like a hit. A lot of y'all need a little uh, pump up playlist uh, for the gym and uh, <laughs>
बराहन मुंडे the new brown monday taking the industry by storm shout out to ap tillo gurinder gill and we have the mighty lyricist shinda kalo also rapping and uh and then of course we got g minor cooking up those dope ass beats in the lab yeah they've been taking the industry by storm these uh, last couple of years every track has been a banger and um that was of course brown monday and uh kasan ਉਹ ਚੜਦਾ ਵਸਾਖ ਤੇ ਪਨੀਰੀ ਜੱਟ ਬੀਜਦਾ ਰੱਖਦਾ ਖਿਆਲ ਰਤਾ ਰਤਾ ਜਿੰਨੀ ਚੀਜ਼ ਦਾ ਪਹਿਲਾਂ ਦੀ ਲਵਾਈ ਕੋਈ ਸ਼ਿਕਾਇਤ ਹੀ ਨਾ ਲਾ ਦਵੇ ਸ਼ਹਿਰੋਂ ਆਣ ਬਾਬੂ ਸਾਰਾ ਟਾਕੀ ਹੀ ਨਾ ਵਹਾ ਦਵੇ ਇਸ ਸਮੇਂ ਆਣ ਪਰ ਸਾਤਾਂ ਵੀ ਨਹੀਂ ਪੈਂਦੀਆਂ ਉਹ ਤਿੱਖੀ ਧੁੱਪ ਵਿੱਚ ਫਿਰੇ ਨੱਕੇ ਮੋੜਦਾ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਜੱਟ ਅਨ ਵਿੱਚ ਪੈਸੇ ਵੇਖੋ ਜੋੜਦਾ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਜੱਟ ਅਨ ਵਿੱਚ ਪੈਸੇ ਵੇਖੋ ਜੋੜਦਾ ਕੇ ਕਮਾਤ ਸਾਰਾ ਸਾਲ ਰਹਿੰਦੇ ਗੋੜ ਤੇ ਮਿਲਾਂ ਬਾਹਰ ਲੈਣ ਲੱਗੀ ਹੁੰਦੀ ਪਈਆ ਰੋਡ ਤੇ ਗਿੱਟੇ ਗੋਡੇ ਰਾਇਣ ਸਾਡੇ ਮਾਨਾਂ ਵਿੱਚ ਦੱਸ ਦੇ ਪਰਚੂਨੀਏ ਨੇ ਆ ਕੇ ਮੁੱਲ ਮਿਹਨਤਾਂ ਦਾ ਦੱਸ ਅਸੀਂ ਜੰਮਦੇ ਹੀ ਫਸੇ ਮੁੱਲ ਮਹਿੰਗਾ ਤੱਕੀ ਲੋੜਦਾ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਜੱਟ ਅਨ ਵਿੱਚ ਪੈਸੇ ਦੇਖੋ ਜੋੜਦਾ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਜੱਟ ਅਨ ਵਿੱਚ ਪੈਸੇ ਦੇਖੋ ਜੋੜਦਾ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਨਹਿਰਾਂ ਟੋਬੇ ਸੁੱਕ ਗਏ ਤਲਾਬ ਵੀ ਕੋ ਰਹੇ ਨਾ ਲਾਲਾ ਡੈਮ ਪਾਣੀ ਡੱਕੇਰਾ ਵੀ ਤੇਰੇ ਲਈ ਕੋ ਵਹੇ ਨਾ ਛੰਦੇ ਪਾਣੀ ਦਾ ਪੱਧਰ ਥੱਲੇ ਪੀਣ ਨੂੰ ਨਹੀਂ ਜੁੜਨਾ ਵਸਦਾ ਪੰਜਾਬ ਸਮਾਂ ਕਿੱਥੇ ਹੁਣ ਮੋੜਨਾ ਤੂੰ ਹਾ ਟੁੱਟਾ ਛੱਤ ਮਾੜੀ ਨਾ ਹੁਣ ਮੈਂ ਲਿਆ ਕਰੋੜ ਦਾ ਮੈਂ ਲਿਆ ਹੋ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਜੱਟ ਅਨ ਵਿੱਚ ਪੈਸੇ ਵੇਖੋ ਜੋੜਦਾ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਜੱਟ ਅਨ ਵਿੱਚ ਪੈਸੇ ਵੇਖੋ ਜੋੜਦਾ ਕੱਲ ਸੁਣ ਲੈ ਤੂੰ ਚੱਟਾ ਇਹ ਤੇਰਾ ਵੀ ਕਸੂਰ ਆ ਤੇਰਾ ਵੀ ਕਸੂਰ ਆ 
ਸੌਦਾ ਅੰਨ ਦਾ ਤੂੰ ਕਰੇ ਮਾੜੀ ਹੋਣੀ ਤਾਂ ਜ਼ਰੂਰ ਆ ਪਾਣੀ ਸਾਡੀ ਧਰਤੀ ਮਾਂ ਦੂਜੀ ਦੱਸ ਦੇ ਤੂੰ ਮਾਂ ਤੇ ਰਸਾਇਣ ਫਿਰੇ ਰੋੜਦਾ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਉਹ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਉਹ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਜੱਟ ਅੰਨ ਵਿੱਚ ਪੈਸੇ ਦੇਖੋ ਜੋੜਦਾ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਜੱਟ ਅੰਨ ਵਿੱਚ ਪੈਸੇ ਦੇਖੋ ਜੋੜਦਾ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਬਾਜੋ ਮਰੇ ਰੋਟੀ ਬਾਜੋ and uh shout out to everyone that is uh bringing awareness to the situation right now that's happening in Punjab about the farming and how the government is once again stepping up their approach to slowly starve the kasan as he feeds the rest of the world quite literally some bullshit bill is getting passed as usual looks 90% good on paper until you read the fine print and what is the huge uproar ladies and gentlemen what's the issue well let me tell you quite frankly the end goal is to ultimately control our land once and for all that's right not enough brothers were beefing over their land not enough people have died from the hands of drugs now they literally have to go in and starve the farmers until they just give it up that's right ladies and gentlemen punjab serves uh, a very huge purpose in the fact that it could literally feed the world and uh sad thing is people say uh punjab is going to turn into a desert in 25 years uh i'll go a step further and say i give a 5 to 10 uh if we don't get our shit together but um hey <laughs> what do i know <laughs> I'm just a fucking fungi. I'm just an anomaly. I'm just out here smoking weed, taking dabs. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Mai ta hami galla kari anda. I even got bars that I dropped on this. I said they coming for my land. I said why don't you understand? They coming for my land. My land be in demand. We got to take a stand. Lost our command. Left the promised land in a nation where the truth is banned. These people won't be ready when shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah, man. Straight up. Get at me, bro. That ain't no BG, man. That's a that's a AK spit, you know what I'm saying? You know you don't want me to get in the studio, bro. You know what I'm saying? Okay, AK, please Santina, hope please just focus on the podcast. AK, don't kill the fucking vibe, man. Come on. You have a podcast, man. Just focus. Thodi ja ek do gaane gune la, that's galla kar, that's it. I want peace 
on the streets But realistically, painting perfect pictures ain't never worked My misery was so deep, couldn't sleep Through all my pressures and my quest for cash I learned fast, using violent measures Memories of adolescent years There was unity, but after puberty We brought war to our community So many bodies dropping, it's gotta stop I wanna help, but still I'm stepping Keep my weapon, must protect myself The promise of a better tomorrow ain't never reached me Plus my teachers was too petrified in class to teach me Sipping Thunderbird and grape Kool-Aid Calling Earl since my stomach was empty It seduced me to fuck the world Watch my little homies lose their childhoods to guns Nobody cries no more, cause we all die for fun So why you ask me if I want peace? If you can't grant it, niggas fighting across the whole planet So we can never be peace We'll never be peace Oh, we all just headed for doom Still consumed by the beast And I know, no, there'll never be peace uh-uh. That's why I keep my pistol when I walk the streets Cause that could never Somebody be peace Somebody holds me, will they control me? Nah, I ain't a hater player, but I want all you got Y'all babies had babies, now we fighting each other My dogs got rabies, they biting each other And it ain't hard to find a friend like mine Big bully is a bully and he don't mind dying And I gotta be blind, miss sign after sign Nothing but love, but the rest of me know Wars was waiting for us, so I stays ready Keep my pay heavy and balls up Stack my funds and my guns, never rely on luck Asking God to point out the imposters Never let no weapon form against me prosper Cause there'll never be peace, so don't rely on it Soldiers dying for it, and then you get them, they try for it Oh, never peace Will ever be peace, so are we all just headed for doom Still consumed by the beast, and I know there'll never be peace that's why I keep my pistol when I walk the streets Fool, there'll never be peace There'll never be peace Oh, oh, we all just headed for doom Still consumed by the peace And I know there'll never be peace That's why I keep my pistol when I walk the streets Nigga, there'll never be peace There'll never be peace Oh, oh, we all just headed for doom Still consumed by the peace And I know there'll never be peace That's why I keep my pistol when I walk the streets Nigga, there'll never be peace There'll never be peace Fuck peace. On the strength till my niggas get a piece, we can't have peace. How the fuck we gonna live happy and we ain't got nothing? You motherfuckers are smiling, but I'm mean mugging. Why? Cause I gotta be thugging. It seems drugs done turned this whole motherfucking hood out. All us niggas acting up. Wild ass motherfucking adolescents. These niggas ain't even got no childhoods no more. How the fuck can you have a childhood and you at the funeral every motherfucking weekend? And you motherfuckers talking about peace. Nigga, it ain't no motherfucking peace. You ain't seen the news, motherfucker. You ain't heard. 
Little babies getting smoked, motherfuckers killing their whole family. Little kids getting thrown off buildings, motherfuckers getting abused. Peace. Niggas, you out your fucking mind? Fuck peace. We can't never have peace till you motherfuckers clean up this mess you made. Till you fucking clean up the dirt you dropped. Till we get a peace. Fuck peace. Westside. So ladies and gentlemen, what are we going to be doing today? And I was thinking about it last couple days and uh, and what did I come up with? Well, if we could go back to back with a couple bangers and some rap tracks, I thought why not go back to back with the story time? Because I got a lot of feedback from you guys saying you enjoyed those stories, those random experiences that I uh, was uh, jotting down and um, I thought why not just dive into those those are totally ADD friendly and uh, we can just kind of go through random uh, experiences that uh, I went through growing up and um, honestly it was a, actually a very dope therapeutic experience man and like I said before in the previous episode I feel like I done smoked away all my memories so what better way to um, follow up another episode by smoking one and remembering all of them that's right, ladies and gentlemen, I feel like I felt like thinking about all these past experiences was actually uh, a nice therapeutic experience where I could actually reflect on my childhood. And I feel like I don't do that a lot. I mean, um, I feel like I've always been quick to forget or quick to let go. My mentality was it's, I guess, better to let go of things. Uh, rather than to, I guess, hold on to things. But um, here we are, doing another story time, uh, not only for myself, but for the fans. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy and uh, get your 20 sack popcorn ready around the campfire and uh, enjoy the next few stories. This kind of reminds me of, like I said, the Goosebumps Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, experience. It didn't happen to a friend of a friend of mine, it happened to me, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, cue the Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark soundtrack and uh, let's get into it. Oh boy, oh boy, where to start? I get this one a lot. AKD, uh, do your parents know you blaze? <laughs> Are they cool with it? Uh, let's just put it this way, Mitra. Ain't no brown fam down with the goddamn marijuana. Well, except one. Actually, I know a homie in BC whose uh, dad actually refers to the balcony sessions as going to the office. And uh, I know a homie whose mom, who actually comes into his room and cleans around his bud jars. Yeah, yeah, right, right around, swiffering around his uh, grinder and everything. And uh, let's just say you need to catchy that, my friend. You're setting bad example for the youth, okay? Now, but honestly, my dad, <laughs> uh, my fam has, has never really been down with it. And obviously, I don't think they're ever going to come around to it. Um, even now, like, obviously, I try to keep it away from them. <laughs> And uh, my dad would just always be suspicious of having butt around. He fucking hated it. He'd be like smelling my boot and shit every time I'd be coming home and shit. Like just smelling my bag, going through my fucking closet. One time I remember I, I grabbed an ounce, put it in a jar, came home. 
And uh, I even got a little bit suspicious. I'm like, yo, fuck it. I'm gonna throw it into like a different old bag and like throw it in the, you know, back of this closet and like cover it with shit. And uh, I thought I was fucking slick with it. And uh, I just remember waking up the next morning and uh, you know, parents are gone to work. I'm chilling. I wake up late as usual. Uh, I take a, <laughs> you know, I take a look inside the closet. I go through my bag, and uh, inside the jar is uh, nothing. The jar's still there, but there's uh, the whole ounce is gone. So, uh, and the crazy thing is, my dad didn't even talk to me uh, for about a week and didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> probably threw, it, uh, probably flushed it down the toilet or some shit. But uh, I remember this shit got so heated <laughs> at one point um, that I even took this opportunity to go like empty his daru botala. So I would just like, you know, pretend like I'm throwing his alcohol out. Uh, keyword, pretend. Because obviously I'd store that shit for myself and my homies, right? <laughs> or, you know, hmm, maybe that's what he did with the bud, yo. <laughs> one time I remember, man, me and my boy used to clear my dad's desi, dude. My dad used to store away some desi in the cold room. And me and my boy would not give no fucks. We would just be clearing that shit. Like, and I remember one time my cousins came over and it was like a special occasion. And my dad thought he still had some dissy out. And he went to the cold room and he saw that there was no fucking dissy. And he just fucking kicked my ass right in front of the cousins. No fucks given. Literally went upstairs for like a two minute break. Came down with a black guy. I don't know what happened. <laughs> One dude one time I remember I, I remember it got to such a point where I just could not take the harassment There was this one time I just like, you know, I'm like this is this is it I have to like stand up for myself that eventually I was just like, you know I just can't take this anymore, you know, I'm, I just got to tell my dad Why I do this shit and like, you know, what's my you know, what's my reasoning and like what it does You know what I'm saying so I swear to God guys ladies and gentlemen check this story. I remember this one time he was just up my ass and he was just like, oh my god, fear smell on the this, that. And I remember this, uh, <laughs> I brought out my kit in the living room. It was just me and my dad home. And uh, I'm like, all right, dad, I'm going to just shut you up right now. I'm going to show you what I do, how I do it, and why I do it. And uh, for the next 20 minutes, he was pretty silent as uh, he was watching what the hell I was doing in awe. I took out my kit. I swear to God, I packed up the, the pipe, which was probably a bad thing to do. I should have just rolled a fucking spliff, to be honest. But I remember this, I packed the pipe <laughs> with some bud and I stepped outside into the balcony and uh, I'm like, all right, dad, I'm gonna go smoke it and uh, I'm gonna just go chill outside for a bit and I'll be back. And I literally smoked up, 10 minutes went by, 15 minutes went by, I came back inside and I'm like, see dad, I'm still me. And not only that, dude, <laughs> I uh, went back to my laptop. I put on Garbani in the background and uh, I was listening to Bot as I went back to work. And I was like, see, dad, I'm, I'm right back to work and this is going to help me get my work done. And <laughs> my dad's face was just fucking shook the whole fucking time. And I remember he just walked downstairs and he didn't talk to me for about a week or maybe more. And uh, it was pretty bad, to be honest. Like my dad literally would avoid me, uh, think about going to India, <laughs> throw my shit out on the fucking road sometimes. Uh, and he literally wanted to like almost 
like, you know, abandoned me. <laughs> and, um, but honestly, he came around. And uh, not only that, he never, like after the week or so, everything was all right. And uh, he never harassed me ever again. He never attacked me and he never asked no questions. So I guess uh, sometimes you just got to put your foot down and uh, smoke a pipe in front of your pops. <laughs> okay, no, definitely don't do that, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, don't throw me under the bus for saying that. <laughs> no, definitely don't do the pipe. Definitely smoke dabs. That's the way to go. Your dad will definitely not be scared about dabs. Your family will definitely accept you if you just bring the torch around. <laughs> nah, seriously, I'd be doing dabs. Uh, that's the only thing I do, man. Uh, my tolerance has just grown. Uh, I wanna be smoking that pure shit. Uh, and just convenience, man. I don't wanna be smoking for goddamn 20 minutes on a goddamn blunt just to get high. Um, I'd rather just get it over and done with in 20 seconds. You know what I'm saying? And boy, oh boy, the fucking smell. Uh, I definitely got over that real quick. Um, Cause honestly, dude, now that I look back at it, I just think like, what the fuck was I even thinking for um, <laughs> bringing O's into the house and just thinking it would not smell, hot boxing whips and shit. Nowadays, I actually, I actually rather not smell like herb. Cause like smoking weed and going into the public was the worst, man. I remember I would just go into the malls and shit. Bibia with their grandkids would just be approaching me in the mall, trying to take pictures, saying, I'm like, <laughs> like, imagine just like walking into like school, meet and greet, smelling like I just hotboxed a school bus in the parking lot before it end. Shit was fucked, man. I just did not give a fuck. And now that I just look back at it, I'm just like, what the fuck was I thinking? You know what I'm saying? Just bringing an ounce of Primo dank into my closet, thinking it wouldn't smell. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, to be honest. <laughs> Dab life. All right, uh, I'm gonna tell you guys uh, the story of me believing in coconut water. This is a trippy story. I remember, <laughs> I thought water is all the same. Uh, you know, a motor style, right? What's the harm, right? Uh, turns out, uh, fluoride actually uh, kills your brain cells and uh, will fuck you up in the long term. So, bandene alkaline machine hon install katia. But in the meantime, I remember a couple of years ago, me and my girl were heading to a, a, a cafe and uh, you know, we set up base in the cafe, put our laptops up, doing some work and then obviously every couple hours, for the fresh air, right? And uh, what I did was I went into the car and pretty much was about to light up the bong. And uh, there I was about to take a dab and uh, I realized I didn't have no pani. Uh, I didn't have like my water bottle was inside so I'm like all right. you know I just looked around in the car and I saw some coconut water in the back seat so uh, I grabbed the coconut water I put it into the bong and uh, didn't think much of it right obviously I tasted a little bit of coconut water as I hit the dab but uh, you know, didn't think much of it and uh, put my uh, apparatus away, went back into the cafe, did my work 
And I remember when uh, it was time for, uh, you know, round two, because, you know, I'm at cafes for a while. I'll be uh, jabbing there almost like half the day and shit, just working and shit. You know, my girl's doing her own thing. And I remember when I came back for my next session, I looked at that bong and, uh, you know, obviously you got to level your bong up with just a little bit of water, right? It's not filled up right to the top, right? So I remember looking at the, the bong and exactly the level where the, the coconut water was, it was literally 95% clean. And and I and I look, I remember looking at it. I'm like, what the fuck? The rest of the bongs got all this residue and all this yucky goo everywhere, and and then the part where the coconut water was, it was fucking perfectly clean, almost like I fucking cleaned the bong with some goddamn 99% alcohol, bro. And I was like, after that day, ladies and gentlemen, I started drinking coconut water every single day. Cause I'm like, holy shit, if that's what it's doing to the goddamn bong, which takes 99% alcohol to clean, holy shit, man, what's it gonna be doing to my fucking liver and my goddamn stomach? I need that shit. So uh, that's when I started believing in the power of coconut water. The first time I ever had a drink with my dad was when I crossed the border to go shopping with my family. <laughs> and uh, we were supposed to go, you know, I think we crossed the border. We went to Buffalo as that was the, you know, the usual uh, trip back in the day and uh, go save your money, spend the US and all that. And uh, I remember we we did a little bit of shopping and then of course my sister and mom just going the extra do tenkente right and me and my dad started getting a little tired so we're like well whatever we're gonna let them go and i guess this was my dad's way of saying uh you know let them go and uh, let's you know let's try to go back to the car and just chill and this is what i thought he was gonna do but uh turns out uh we put the <laughs> We put all the stuff that we were sh uh, that that we bought into the car, and uh, he's like, "Yo, let's go, let's go for a walk." I'm like, "What the hell? I thought you were tired, man." Turns out my dad wanted to take me to the liquor store, and he's like, "Pick anything." I'm like, "What the fuck, bruh? Like." Just la just a couple months ago, you was ready to slap my ass up if I was drinking, if I was smoking, if I was doing anything. You're like, what the fuck? And it was just a, a funny, uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I don't know if I turned a certain age or what it was or, you know, whatever happens in Buffalo stays in Buffalo. I guess that was my dad's <laughs> persona. But uh, I remember we were just in the liquor store and uh, he told me to just grab anything. And uh, I could, I was just like, yo, is this a fucking test? Does he, is he gonna smack me up right now? Is he trying to, <laughs> is he trying to see if I drink? But uh, essentially I, 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 I told him, I'm like, I don't, I don't wanna pick a, to see juice, guys. And uh, I remember this quite vividly. He chose uh, Appleton, uh, Jamaican rum. And uh, that was the first drink I ever had uh, with my dad uh, because we came back into the car with a couple of cups. And as my sister and my mom were uh, shopping around for probably like two, three hours, me, me and my dad were in the parking lot just chugging shots in the back seat uh, of our van. <laughs> and uh, it was one of the most uh, 
coolest memories because uh, I thought it was just like this weird little test where my dad was gonna like just smack me up and <laughs> turns out my dad just really wanted to just drink with me and uh, it was a little cool little experience. I remember back in the day uh, when I was just first starting this YouTube shit, I mean not to brag or anything, but I literally used to feel like goddamn fucking <laughs> like Musiala. Cause I feel like nobody back then was like kind of like doing what I was doing and it was just exploding at a rate that I wasn't even expecting. And just the fan base interaction I was having when I would go out in public was just mind boggling. Like it would really trip me the fuck out. I, like like I said, I literally felt like I was Sidhu. I just couldn't go anywhere. People always putting up their phones. And it really did fuck with me for a while, man. <laughs> and uh, But then I feel like, honestly, I feel like a, your fan base is a representation of you. So for example, I came onto the scene, onto YouTube as a hype motherfucker, just straight talking shit, uh, you know, willing to like come onto the scene, just let it rip, speaking my mind, you know, don't know what to expect out of me, you know, maybe hot headed, you know, all this shit was being, I guess you could say, thought of, and uh, that's what I was being represented as, and I guess that's the fan base I attracted at one point. So just like me in the beginning, my fans were very rattled up, always, you know, you know, ready to like do anything and be ready for anything. And just like always out there, you know, wanting to be on cameras, wanting to put it out. You know, people would, you know, try to, you know, try to expose me the same way I would be trying to expose people. But I feel like as I progressed and as I literally grew, I feel like my fans also grew with me. And not only that, like I said, your fans are a representation of you. So when I started to do things regarding my own life and just maneuver differently, for example, uh, take a little break from social media, uh, spend time with my family, you know? I, I feel like my fans also did the same thing. They also started to get a little bit more realistic and also maybe take a little break from social media maybe fuck this instagram and facebook bullshit i'm gonna just i'm gonna just do me focus on my career focus on what i really need to be doing at the current moment because everyone's got dreams everyone's got these different ambitions and i'm not gonna lie i was I, I didn't know what i wanted to do at first and i feel like the more i took a break from all this social media and started to figure out my life and just got more conscious and started to ask the right questions i felt like my fan base actually started to do the same they started to take a break from social media they started to spend time more more with their family they started to research the same shit i'd be talking about and they became more conscious you know what i'm saying and now I feel like when I literally walk down the street into now, I feel like when I, you know, go to Brampton or I go out into the public and there's a lot of brown people, I don't feel like it's that same craze anymore. It's not, you know, that, 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 that the nostalgic vibe is still there. Don't get me wrong. Fans are going crazy in that vibe, but I feel like instead of asking for that selfie now, People come up to me and ask some dope ass conscious questions that uh, 
And that I feel like that brings more value to me. That the fact that I was able to change this use consciousness and even get him to be thinking about some of the think, uh, things I'd be thinking about. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like the conversation that me and the fan, or now my fam, my family, uh, the conversation we be having is, is now more valuable than any selfie could have been or any autograph or any of that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So I really do feel like my fans have literally grown with me along this decade of being on YouTube and doing all these videos, I really do feel like my fan base is a straight representation of me. And uh, I, I feel like that is for, I feel like that goes for most creators and most artists, you know what I'm saying? Aren't you attracted to certain artists and certain, you know, uh, actors for a reason, you know? Everything comes from something. It's like a, a calling inside of you, some kind of connection. I don't know, maybe I'm just going off now. Tell you next topic then. Growing up, I was a fucking brat. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I, I, I wouldn't even eat like fucking simple things like and like, you know, it had adrek or onions and all this bullshit. And now I literally just eat everything. I'll literally be like craving different sabjis. I'm down to try new things. Raw sushi. I'm, I'm actually open to it. But growing up, I was a fucking brat. I remember like if I didn't get my way, I'd just be acting up like a fucking lun. I remember like uh, we. I remember growing up in Jane and Finch. There was a Zellers at the Jane and Finch Plaza, and I remember like I would, <laughs> just, you know, this would be like a regular thing where uh, I would ask my mom, "Hey, can I get a toy or whatever I wanted?" And let's just say she said no. I I would split course. I would leave my mom, and eventually, you know, get slick with it when she's not looking, and I would just go hide somewhere. You know, I would literally go far enough where I can see her, but she can't see me and just fall, see what she does. And eventually, sometimes I would just not give a fuck and just go hide in the racks. You know, there's like clothing racks and shit. I would just go hide in the middle. And then uh, you already know what would happen next. My mom was like freaking out, going to the <laughs> going to the cashier and like customer service and putting the announcement on the, <laughs> the speaker. Amandeep Kang, if you are in the Zellers, your mom is here at the front desk. Amandeep Kang, please. Uh, your mom is here waiting at the front desk. And even then, like my mom would literally be fucking tripping out on the verge of crying, thinking she lost her son. And uh, there I was acting like a lun, just hiding. And eventually I would just come out and about. And uh, yeah, I remember just fucking with my mom for like literally no reason. Like literally fucking no reason. I was just a fucking little brat, man. It's the goddamn vaccines. They done fucked me up. I'm telling y'all. AKU, how much money are you making off the YouTube, man? Uh, let's just say uh, not enough. Uh, obviously YouTube is there and uh, with my censored channel getting as many views as it does and uh, with my partnerships always getting uh, you know eradicated um, I've always been there here and there just making literally cents on the dollar uh, most of my income actually comes uh, 
from production work, uh, believe it or not, ladies and gentle, um, and sponsorships. Uh, so literally like production work in the sense that honestly, I love creating, directing, editing, you know, scripting, shooting stuff. Like I, I love the whole process of creating something, whether that's for myself or anybody else, an artist, a creator, a brand, you know, a business, a company, whatever it is, I'm, I'm really open to creating. And especially when a time where YouTube wasn't paying me, a lot of my money was actually coming from production work. So companies, brands, uh, would hit me up and be like, yo, AK, we need you to shoot something for us, uh, a commercial, a documentary, a music video or whatever it is. And uh, all the way to editing it and helping with uh, marketing and production and all that. So, I mean, that's, believe it or not, a lot of where my money comes from and uh, till this day. And I actually enjoy that a lot. I feel like that's honestly the future for me as a, not only a creator, but uh, in the back end, uh, directing and creating stuff and, you know, producing projects in the back end. And um, yeah, you'll be surprised at how many commercials you'll see of mine on, I'm not even joking, like PTC, goddamn CP24. And I just don't put my name on them because um, it's literally because not only do I not want to be associated with certain type of projects, but I'm literally doing it just for the bag literally for the money and for the connects because uh, eventually because i feel like i need all these skills of production and you know because like why not shoot other people's music videos why not shoot other people's documentaries and commercials because uh, hey am i not going to shoot my own movies one day my own commercials my own documentaries when i go to punjab you know what i'm saying so i feel like why not take this uh you know, I guess you say college approach where they say, you know, get very hands on, you know, and just learn from all these um, experiences, you know what I'm saying? Well, just get right into the fucking nomads land and just get to work, man. You know what I'm saying? And sponsorships, that's huge as well, man. So if you're someone like Superwoman who's dropping like bunch of two videos a goddamn week and you know, you got a, you know, somewhat of a steady fan base, a consistent one that's always showing up. That's like, that's money at the end of the day, right? But like Bande, like me at the end of the day or any creator, most of their money actually comes from sponsorships. You know, that like, you know, someone like fucking Apple coming up to fucking a creator and be like, yo, here's 10 iPhones and 10 grand. Can you put our uh, our phone in your video for like 10 seconds? You don't think a fucking creator or a YouTuber is gonna do something like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, and just take the deal like that? And obviously I'm not in that position where I could be making deals like that, but at least I can go and hustle my own deals with my own sponsors and my own, you know, investors and whatnot. So, I mean, that's where I've been at really, just kind of going at it my own approach, really. And uh, I really do feel like this moving into next year is gonna be that final straw where I can finally kind of work towards these bigger projects with the right backing in terms of like, you know, the movie that I've been working on for a while, Living in a Brown Hood, the short film. And now like this TV show idea that I've been got uh, going on and finally might get the green lit to actually be shot. So I uh, hope you guys stay tuned for that. Yeah, I remember back in the day, man, as a little kid, I'm talking like elementary school days, like grade five, you know, and under. Um, 
I remember we used to just go to like these parties <laughs> and uh, they used to be like, fuck it, it could be like a lordy party, it could be a wedding party. It was the same routine for me as a kid. I don't know about you guys, but I <laughs> just hook up with the other kids and literally just eat all night and fucking play tag and fucking cops and robbers just running around the goddamn place, throwing people's fucking Polly's down and shit, no fucks giving, hiding under goddamn tables, you know, you know, just running around in the parking lot, even though we're not allowed to. And then I remember just like literally eating like uh, butter chicken, chow, you know, and naan, and uh, that's it, just passing out on goddamn like three chairs pulled up together on a table and just, uh, or sometimes I'd be like, yo, mom, give me the car keys, I'm gonna go sleep in the car and just, you know, just uh, take me straight home. I don't even want to be disturbed to be woken up. But uh, yeah, that was the life as a kid, man. No worries, no nothing, man. Jo bas tag khelli jana. Lokan di thaliyan sitti janiyan thalle. And uh, fuck, I miss being a kid still. Man, I remember back in the day, one of my first jobs was throwing newspapers. I used to throw newspapers right here around my area, around Finch and Weston. Actually closer to like Shepherd and Weston. That's like where I first started. And I used to throw newspapers to about 500 homes. <laughs> and I started in the winter. It was a fucking shit show. Literally, I had like my mom, my sister, my dad always helping me out. And uh, it was like a fucking pain in the ass, man. Or like just mixing goddamn 15 to 20 flyers into fucking the newspaper. It was mad fucking tedious. And uh, that's why I just started throwing some away. Uh, my cousins actually used to, uh, you know, uh, throw newspapers in Brampton. Penny said a delivery man. And uh, they actually told me just burn them. So uh, that was a, a little phase I was going through, burning my newspapers and flyers instead of throwing them. But I remember I wasn't even throwing newspapers for uh, a month or so. And uh, the Xbox 360 came out. And that shit was like fucking $750 back then. And uh, I didn't even have enough money uh, until like fucking the second, third month came around. And, um, but the first month of throwing newspapers, I remember I'm like, mom, please, I need that, you know, the, the, I want the console, I want 360. And I remember my mom pretty much threw in some money and helped me get the 360. And I remember I was in debt to my mom for the next two, three months. Uh, she took my, pay, uh, she took my paycheck for the newspapers, which wasn't much. It was literally like cents on the goddamn dollar. But uh, luckily I did like fucking 500 homes So I, I racked in, racked in a, a couple hundred bucks every month But uh, I remember I went on a payment plan with my mom <laughs> Just to get a fucking 360 <laughs> uh, Which then changed the course of my life And uh, made me uh, drop out of school Lali, you are going to school I Sometimes we'd be literally at my cousin's for sleepovers and uh, we'd be like playing like fucking like Halo and Gears of War and shit campaign all night. And obviously munchies would kick in uh, late night. And I remember we would be, uh, my cousins lived like right, right around like Trinity area. So uh, we'd like walk over to Metro, which is like open 24 hours. Uh, and we'd like grab pizzas and a bunch of shit. But on the way to Metro, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, 
for those people that are familiar with uh, Trinity Mall, y'all know that there's a Home Depot there <laughs> and there's uh, sheds there. So uh, I remember me and my cousins, uh, not only did we have munchies and we were so fucking hungry, on the way there, we would literally hotbox these sheds that would be open at nighttime. You know, uh, we would go into a shed, fucking light up a blunt and hotbox a shed at Home Depot at fucking 12 at night only to make our way down the street to Metro, uh, grab some food, grab some munchies, and uh, head home and just fucking keep playing video games all fucking night. <laughs> I really do feel like middle school was the best time I ever had as a kid, man. Like it was literally the most fun, man. I feel like there was like literally no homework. Everything was just getting done automatically by itself, you know. No pressure, just full panjo moja, you know what I'm saying? I remember middle school was so dope. Like, I used to do the weirdest shit. I used to dye my hair different colors like every week. Like literally, like I, I remember uh, I, I was listening to a lot of Linkin Park. I was even like performing Linkin Park at the talent shows uh, with, my, with my homie. But I remember I used to dye my hair different colors. Uh, like I, like one week I just dye my hair red, spike it up. <laughs> the next next week it'd be like yellow, you know. And I'd just be like spiking my hair and just like <laughs> dyeing my hair different colors for no reason. I had, literally I was just like, I guess I was the six nine back in our day. <laughs> Welcome to the most listened to South Asian radio station on the planet. Ruckus Avenue Radio. The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes looking hard but won't realize that they will never see the pee. <laughs> Wow. 
way did he go, Joe? Which way did he go? Oh, which way did he go? Which way did he go, Joe? You niggas made a mistake. You should have never put my bars with Dre. Them thug niggas have arrived and the judgment day. Hey, homie, if you feel me, tell them tricks that shot me that they missed, they ain't kill me. I can make a motherfucker shake. Rattle and roll, I'm full of liquor, thug nigga. Quit the job at them hoes, and I can make you jealous niggas famous. Fuck around with Tupac to see how good a nigga's name is. I'm just a rich motherfucker from the way. If it's rapping, bring me money, then I'm rapping till I'm paid. I'm getting green like I'm supposed to. Nigga, I holla at these hoes to see how many I can go through. Look to the stars and visualize my debut. Niggas know me, play, I gotta stay true. Don't be a dumb motherfucker, cause it's crazy at the dark. Let a true thug nigga see your heart. Niggas can't see. Yo, check this out. Stay off his dick. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot see me and you will not be able to hear me very soon. And that's it. One hour has come to a completion. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed those stories and the music. Uh, hit me up with some feedback. What are you guys feeling? What are you not? And uh, the next episode of Kiki Hunda. It's your boy AK, AK Causing Ruckus. Ruckus Avenue Radio, Dash Radio app. All right, hold it down. Peace out. Welcome to the 